After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, guys, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly on to you. I haven't skipped a beat using Mint Mobile services. I have a great service even when I'm traveling for over less than 70% of what I was paying before. Listen to Uncle Chael and say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills and unexpected overages. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans starting at 15 bucks a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash chael. That's mintmobile.com slash chael. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash chael. $45 upfront payment required. That's equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower, above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your first stop for the best in Western style. And by the way, you don't have to be into the Western look to grab a good-looking pair of boots. I recently got a pair of ostrich skin round-tip boots, and I'm warm with my suit. These boots are so versatile that I can throw them on with a full head-to-toe suit. And Anthony Smith came right up to me and he's asking me where I got them. Well, I told him the only place to get them, Tacovas. And they have a seasonal limited edition offering. It's right now, this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, accessory, and more. My wife just surprised me with the ostrich wallet and a belt for my birthday, in case you've seen me. I feel like I look pretty sharp in it. I truly do. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, their direct-to-consumer pricing keeps value on your feet and money in your pocket. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary beverage or two, and shop for new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it into the store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and they ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your favorite pair of boots today.
What's happening, guys? Happy Sunday, and thank you for joining a special episode of Your Welcome. Well, guys, it was a weird and wild night in Las Vegas, and on today's show, I'm going to discuss the split draw in the main event, controversy surrounding Patty Pimlet's win, and so much more. Let's face no time. I want to get right into it. Let's work this out, guys. Now, why it would ever frustrate me if a guy burns his own career, I don't know. That was a, a great job by two really good athletes. And perhaps that should be celebrated. Perhaps we should leave it there. I made a mark on this sport. I want credited for that. That's the truth. I don't ever bring it up. I want you guys to bring it up. And when you do, I act like, oh, shucks. Oh, really? Gee, thank you for saying that. But that's an act. I know that I came in and I know that I innovated. I know that I revolutionized and I changed the way this sport is done. From being interesting to creating storylines to if you have a problem, tell the world you have a problem. It is not honorable to bow to a guy's face and stab him in the back when he turns around. I will tell you to your face that I'm going to put a knife in your back. And when you turn around, I will. And that's the mark I left on the sport. I want to be world champion. I didn't get to become world champion. And so I did other things. And when you get done with your career, you can be disappointed about what didn't happen. Or you can look, at, look back fondly on what did. So when I tell you that I made that mark and I watch people who studied the blueprint, understood and appreciated it, I feel it's a sign of great respectfulness to me. I'm shining my own wheels. Am I wrong to think that? Am I wrong to think when a Conor McGregor comes out and he's doing box office numbers? And he pays me a credit as to why he approached his career from the media perspective that he did, that it makes me feel good. And it does. Am I wrong? And it is for that arrogantness. And I know everything that I just said is disgusting. I, I, I do know that. But I'm attempting to look inward to explain, and maybe even to help myself to understand, my absolute frustration by a new guy, a younger guy, a different generation of guy that either did not pay attention, didn't mark Chael down on the list of guys to be like, didn't take the time to understand it or did both of those things and in the moment can't keep it together. Conor McGregor is the type of performer that while broken in half, he does an interview from the canvas because he can't stand. And before they fade to black and roll the credits, before Connor body goes into shock, which is quite literally what happens if you were to look down and see your leg dangling. He held it together 
and he entertained the audience until the final moment. Challenging Dustin Poirier, bringing up something with the DMs, worked the family into it. It was nasty. And people were talking about it. They were saying, what a bad sport he was. What a terrible thing that he, that he did. Do you have evidence from Connor doing that, that he's a bad sport and a terrible person? Or do you have evidence from Connor doing that, that he lives the gimmick anytime the cameras are on like the truly great performers do? You can come to that conclusion on your own. When Conor McGregor returns without any kind of discussion and or debate, it will be to a main event. There is not a person on the UFC's roster that is guaranteed to make a main event that includes their champions. Many of their champions will fight in co-main event spots. If you can't understand the message in that, I, I, there's not a lot more that I can do. I don't know that Jan Blahowitz will be fighting for a world championship next. I don't know. They might just rematch this contest. They might. I don't know. But I know that Blahovitz had the exact same result tonight. And I do mean exact that Uncle Iev had. And I can absolutely assure you Uncle Iev's next match will be for a world championship. Now, will that be against John? Will that be against Clover? Will that be uh, somebody else that rises up and comes up? I don't know. But unless they do a rematch, Blahovitz will not be fighting for the belt. And Blahovitz did that to himself. I did not think tonight's contest was a draw. Just so you understand. I thought Blahovitz won rounds one, two, and three and lost rounds four and five. One, two, and three were very close and very competitive, and four and five were extremely obvious. But we don't go by pride rules. We don't go by one championship rules. We don't go by Bellator's rules. We went under Nevada's rules, who has adopted the unified rules, as set forth by the Associated Boxing Commission, President Mike Mazzulli. And one, two, and three were close. They were competitive. I just thought Jan won. That's not the hill that I want to die on. I thought Jan won the first three. I text message privately. I'll leave names out of it. Three licensed judges prior to the decision being read. Not a group text. These are all separate. And I said, did Jan win the first three rounds? Guessing, of course, question mark. All three of them wrote back yes. So I did not think that tonight was a draw. I thought that Jan Blahovitz won. Now, I don't want to argue with you back and forth and get into that. You, you tell me how you think Uncle Live won. When the whole thing's over and Yawn concedes to Uncle Liev to hear Joe Rogan say, hey, man, you're an honorable guy. And that was a fair comment by Joe. 
Like there really was a cool thing when you can tip your hat, right? There is something about that that's very appropriate. As a matter of fact, if we were to just back up one fight, Patty the Batty lost, and not only did he not say he lost, he said that he dominated. Not only did he say he dominated, he said he coasted to victory. I'm just sharing for you a juxtaposition that you've seen in the last hour. You have seen two decisions come in in the last hour with a vastly different response from the athlete. I do not know if Jan... Here's the final analysis, guys. I do not know if Jan's next match will be for the World Championship. I guarantee you Uncle Lyev's will. Whoever Uncle Lyev's opponent is, his next match will be for a World Championship. The only outside possibility that Jan will be fighting for a World Championship next is if they rematch this match that no one wanted to see in the first place. I don't say that to be a dick. I say that because, right, you need politics and you need business and you need the swinging of the needle and you need the media. You need a lot of things to get on your side to go get a rematch. And none of those things happened once. I'm going to use history as the greatest trajectory to the future. That seems to make a level of sense. Do, do you see the difference, though? Do you see the difference? Do you see what my point is? Two guys tonight had the exact, exact same result. One of them will be fighting for a world championship next. For sure. And one of them, pretty good guess that he's not. Now, one of the worst persons to judge a match truly is the athlete that was in the match. They were a competitive three rounds. Jan damaged Uncle Iyev. Well, that's an interesting word, Chael. Guess come to think of it, he did damage not one, but two of his legs. Very visibly. Well, some bitch, Chael, now that you bring up that point, the number one criteria for judging is damage. Uncle Iev did not damage John. Now, the number two criteria is octagon control, and Uncle Iev did have that. Okay, great, Uncle Iev won the number two criteria. Jan won the number one criteria. So he's got a short-term memory, got held down, he's a little frustrated, wasn't competitive. Did not look good for Jan. I mean, you gotta look, you gotta look good on bottom. You gotta be hustling, you gotta be maneuvering, you gotta be doing stuff. He was sailing it, he looked like a guy that was frustrated didn't have any kind of answer, and was looking to protect himself. And defense in life is very important. If you want to compete in martial arts, you must have offense. They're going to continue to sign you up for classes telling you self-defense. If you want to win in competitive combat, you got to have self-offense. And Jan was conceding that point. Hey, listen, for the last memory, as a matter of fact, about 10 minutes here, wasn't doing so great. And y'all, that's fair. That's reasonable. That's what he said. That's no way to get yourself a fight. That's no way to position yourself. These two guys just had the exact same result. One of them will be fighting for a world title next. Patty the Batty was gifted a decision that he did not earn. 
said that he did, said he won them all, said matter of fact that he coasted. I was in the arena. Anderson Silva versus Nick Diaz. And Anderson beat him for 25 straight minutes. When that match was over, Nick did an interview with Joe, had his arm around him, talking very calmly. Joe asked Nick his thought of the fight. Nick said, I thought I won all five rounds. And you would not believe it. But 15,000 people there, all 15,000 had then forgotten what they just saw. Isn't that weird? I mean, it's a weird piece about human psychology. It's a very strange piece of it. And I was there and I was part of it. I got to look myself in the mirror and go, hey, wait a minute. I just saw Anderson beat this guy for 25 minutes. I forgot, I forgot when Nick said he won them all. It was a weird thing, but I'm sharing with you. It's, it's just very interesting. It's very important how you go out. Now, Uncle Liav didn't take the high road. Did any of you think Uncle Liav was a bad sport tonight? I mean, if the goal here for Yawn was not positioning yourself, not setting yourself up for the future, which comes with a prize and a payment that you owe to your family, it's a big damn deal. People love to tell you friendships come first. Family comes first, by God. Work comes first. Work comes before everything. And if work isn't going well, your family's not going to be very happy. So for the pat on the back that you are an honorable guy, which is all he gets, that was all that he was given. And then he steered into it. Boy, he liked hearing Joe say that about him. Boy, his chest puffed out. He got a middle-aged comic telling him that he's an honorable guy. Did you think Uncle Liav was unhonorable? Because Uncle Liav did the exact opposite thing. So you can't say yes to Yawn and say yes to Uncle Liav. It was the exact opposite. Uncle Liav said, I won, I beat him. That should be my bell. I don't know what happened here. I won this fight. Did you find anything rude about that? Because there was nothing rude, and you didn't find it that way either. He shared his opinion. Now, they didn't ask him real questions, such as, did you damage him more than he damaged you? They didn't ask him real questions, such as, if you won the fight, what rounds was it that you won? You won four and five. We all saw that. But between one and three, which round did you think you won? Because in one of them, he damaged your right leg. And in the other one, he damaged your left leg. So make your case for us just so we understand it. They don't ask him anything like that. Uncle Liav did exactly what he should have done, 100%. Blahovich just took opportunities from himself and food off his family's table. It's no less than that. There's nothing even slightly dramatic about that. Blahovich could have said that, guys, I damaged him. He went from southpaw to orthodox back to, he, his legs were so bad he took the damn thing to the ground. And I did that over three rounds, which on a 10-9 must system means I won three to two. I gave him the two. He was laying on top of me. We weren't prepared for championship rounds. My lungs didn't hold up. All I had to do was run out of the clock. He could have said anything in the world. He didn't do any of those things. He wanted to look like a good spirit. I, can't. I take it as a personal disrespect. 
How do you like that? I'm aware of the narcissism in that statement. That is how I take it. They had a dead, even tie. They did the exact same thing. Exact with the exact same result. Well, how do you say that? How do you say that you guys had the exact same result when one guy is going to use that result to go and fight for a world championship and it isn't going to be with you? How do you say that's the same result? How do you possibly look at this any other way than Uncle I have won? If Uncle I have got the belt, his next fight is a main event for the belt. Uncle Iev's next fight is going to be a main event for the belt. And he didn't do it. Jan did it. I mean, it's a tough spot. Jan is 39 years old. He was a 2-1 to underdog when it was scheduled for three rounds. When it became five rounds, DraftKings moved it. Now it was 265, but that's, for my terms, for colloquialism, he moves to a three-to-one underdog. That's how disrespected he was. He hurt his opponent. We don't need an injury list from Young. Young could go fight in a week. We do need a report on Okalaev. We're probably going to have to run some scans. An MRI on both legs is likely. I don't know when he's going to fight again. It's not going to be next week. Has his best moments laying on top of guy. Not posturing, pounding, or passing. None of those three things. Now, he dominated. He kept that position. as a, I respect it. I got no, no problem with it. I thought they were going to raise Jan's hand. I don't think he had a draw tonight. I think Jan won. It's a very tough thing when you beat the hell out of somebody below the waist. Oh, I'm getting a text. I just need to make sure it's not from my partner, Ryan. Hold on. This is our first live. He may not like the way that I'm doing it. All right. So whatever. What's the point in even talking about it? I mean, honestly, what is the point? Jan is 39 years old. I didn't realize that until yesterday. I understood the politics working against Glover. I don't agree with them. I think that older fight, I think that's a great story. And not as an older guy. When I, when I was a young person, there was a swimmer named Dara Torres that returned to made an Olympic team. She was 42 years old. I thought it was great. When I was a younger guy, there was a quarterback. His name was Brett Favre. And I don't know how old he was. 44 is what I want to say. And Brett Favre admired Randy Couture and asked Randy questions. How do you do this? Because Randy also at 44 beats Tim Sylvia and becomes a champion of the world. I think there's something interesting to the older fighter. What I'm sharing with you is Glover is 40 and he was the old man. Blahovitz was 39. I didn't know that. We saw that for whatever reason, the older fighter isn't getting over today. For whatever reason. Whatever's in front of that, that's a very real phenomenon. The guy's the same age. And then he goes and shoots himself in the foot. He had the exact same result. Exact. Except he didn't. Dana White has announced at the press conference, so that means just now. Booked. New light heavyweight title fight next month in Brazil. Glover Teixeira 
versus Jamal Hill. Now, <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. When would have he booked that? When would have he booked that? They just fought for the world title. If he knew he was going to do a world title next month in Brazil and the Glover Teixeira was going to be part of it, he would have been finding out who his opponent was tonight. You've got guys that deadlock, draw, and lit their own opportunities on fire. So now you insert Jamal Hill. Now, I imagine Jamal had been called prior to this, and I imagine Glover was called prior to this. Neither one of them knew that it was a world title fight. They didn't call, call before Dana made that announcement. He was probably planning to announce it's going to be Glover versus Jamal Hill. He never thought he was going to put the strap up, and now the strap's up. And by the way, there was some of you that said that Glover got screwed. And you'll remember me defending this decision. My exact words were as follows. Glover was told his next fight would be a main event for the world championship. He was told that he's the number one contender. We have no evidence currently that Glover's next fight won't be a main event and it won't be for the world championship. We had no evidence that Glover was not, in fact, still the number one contender. And I tried to bring this point to you. I think I succeeded, at least rhetorically, but now it's a massive I told you so. I mean, this is a massive I told you so. So there was no screwing of Glover. Glover remained in the same position with the same opportunity. And I feel I could go a step further. I feel as though prior to that fight happening in a month, somewhere prior to that, it's not going to be tomorrow. I feel that the announcement will come out that the winner of Jamal and Glover is going to be fighting on Goliath. We'll see how that goes. There might be a heavyweight with the sense that God gave geese, a light heavyweight, that comes out and rocks that boat immediately. But it's unlikely. I have very little faith in him. I got to tell you guys something about Jamal Hill. The first time I saw Jamal Hill fight, and I remember the piece, I remember the piece I made on him. I came to you guys. I remember my opening line. I said, guys, Jamal Hill, I don't know if I could like this guy anymore. I like the way he walked to the ring. He had a swagger. I like the way he fought. I liked his interview. I like the way that he left. This was the first time that I saw him. To see that young man in a world title opportunity, this is outstanding. I got to see Jamal fight live one time, and it did not go well. He was taking on Paul Craig, and Paul Craig, I mean, boy, he looked like Gordon Ryan out there. He really did. He was flowing, and his hips were moving, and he did this goofy arm thing, and Jamal refused to give up, and his arm was all... You came away respecting them both. You came away going, man, Craig is incredible at jiu-jitsu. You don't have light heavyweights that move like this. You truly do. I mean, Gordon Ryan-esque in the middle of MMA with guys punching at him. And then you have Jamal Hill, who never even grimaced, never even made a face. Do you remember the night Sakuraba tore Henzo Gracie's arm off? But I mean, do you remember when he, when he tore it all out of position and Henzo got up and his face was completely straight as he congratulated Sakuraba? Now, Henzo was a legend going into that fight. That, that helped to solidify it. And I can tell you, I, just, I saw Jamal Hill do that same thing. I'm very happy for Jamal Hill. I got to tell you, that's great news for Glover. 
Not to mention it's in Brazil. Glover's got to be the favorite in that fight. One month? Guys, that's not long. Even if Jamal got tipped off, you're going to be fighting Glover in a main event. That's not a lot of time to prepare for that kind of exertion, particularly when you have a guy like Glover who has weaponized pace very early on in his career. He was known for his endurance. Glover Teixeira's videos that used to get the most clicks, when he was a fire, he won like 19 in a row, but it was a visa issue. He couldn't get to the UFC. There was something goofy about it that held him back. His actual fights, and as great as his record was, didn't get as good of clicks as Glover doing CrossFit-style workouts. Glover jump up on the bar and he'd do all of these pull-ups and he'd come over to the rope and he'd do these squat jumps and it was this amazing thing. He'd jump on top of boxes. He I would rewind and watch that over and over. Now, I only bring that to you because Glover is really known for his endurance and for Jamal to get put in that kind of position, let alone on home territory, I believe that Glover is going to be a favorite. That's interesting. Because if Glover comes out with the belt... Who do you want to see him fight next? Who's in line to fight him next? It would appear Uncle Iov. I think cooler heads could prevail and Uncle Iov and Blahovitz need to fight. I would think that's what a deadlock draw would generally represent. But for the UFC to have made this decision and to move on as quickly as right now, that's excellent. I mean, this is what dreams are made out of. And this is why, if you want to make it in this business, you always got to be ready. It is much better life, guys. And please always remember this. It is much better in life to be prepared for an opportunity that never comes than to have an opportunity come and you're not prepared. At anything you do, please remember that. Batty has not shown me anything in his last two fights. And I just got to go with those two. The two before that were garbage. He has not shown me anything in his last two fights that would disqualify him from being a potential future world champion. He's awesome. And Patty is weaponizing the weight cut. Guys have done that before. It hasn't been done in a period of time. The first guy to ever really weaponize a weight cut where they talked about it and he would get credit was a, a Rich the Ace Franklin. Fought at 185 pounds. On fight day, one day later, he would weigh 202 pounds, very consistently. 185 here and 202 over here. And Rich had it down to a science. Other guys after Rich that tried to pull that same amount of weight got fatigued, they got tired, they got run down. The narrative didn't come out about how well they did it and how well they hydrated, the size that they had over their opponent. The narrative was, hey, maybe he should change weight classes. And then every now and then you get a guy trying to copy Rich's format, he would go ahead and not even make weight. We don't have a lot of guys that really know how to do that. And I don't know that Patty is some kind of an expert, that he's got a Mike Dolce type guy with him. But maybe we should start to look at, hey, how are you doing that? What are you doing not just to make the weight, but far more importantly is the question that people don't ask, how did you recover? They took IVs away. What are you doing? Do you have a special drink? Some guys believe in salt. Some guys believe in sugar. 
want to check their sodiums and the electrolyte. There's most likely it's absolutely none of those things. This is just what he does. But I will share with you, he looked like a massively larger opponent, meaningfully larger opponent. One thing that Gordon does not have. I thought Gordon won that fight. Matter of fact, I thought it was 30-27. Now, with that said, I, I also don't argue the call. And I wouldn't say it was a bad call. It was a really competitive 30-27. I said, yeah, okay, Gordon edged him out there. Yeah, okay, uh, Gordon edged him again. My perspective. The live audience didn't really come to that opinion. And the live audience will let you know. Even if they're your own countrymen that have flown in to see you, they still want a fair adjudication. It's just one thing about fight fans that you can really appreciate and respect. So it was a close fight. They gave it to Patty. But when I do look at Gordon, Gordon was not blessed at birth, right? DNA. With some of the natural athleticism that athletes to this caliber have, you can tell that's a man that's worked hard. That's a man who wanted something and went after. I mean, you, you can just see that. Athleticism is very difficult to define. I know it when I see it. And so do you guys. Remember PE class? This is before anybody has any actual trade. You're in the fifth grade. You're in the sixth grade. PE class, they're making up weird games that you've never seen before. We had one called uh, Prison Break when I played. Of course, Dodgeball was a big one. But they, they, they make up games for you guys to play. But every single day, there's a guy that's better at these made-up games than everybody else. Right? That, that's the athlete. That's the guy that has this athleticism I'm talking about. Gordon wouldn't win those games in PE. You could tell that he was a very hard and determined, gritty, tough guy. Gordon deserves a ton of credit. Now, one thing we've got to give Patty. That chin. I mean, goddamn, the first thing you're going to learn in fight practice, and I do mean on day number one, it is not a jab. It's not to skip rope. The first thing you will learn is hands up, chin down. Now, the closer a guy gets to the pros, the further those hands go down and the more the chin comes up. There's just something about that. And the fans don't know. Like, the guy doesn't get credit for it. He wants credit for it. He's attempting to tell a story to the viewer that I'm so good, I can break the basic rule. I can have my chin up and my hands down, right? The guy, he'll do it in the amateurs. The closer he gets to the pros, the worse that stance gets. Patty has a bad stance. It's not awful. But it's bad. His chin is up. And Gordon made him pay for it. Well, not so fast. What would have been paying for it turned out Patty could take it. Gordon hits him with a hook. If you go back and you watch the fight, he hits him with a hook so flush right on this cheek. I couldn't believe it. It was so hard. Patty kept his eyes right on him. Didn't even flinch. We've got to give Patty some of those nods. We really do. Now, whenever there's an upset, there are some commonalities in all of them. You go back, Buster Douglas, Mike Tyson, Amanda Nunes, Juliana. Any upset that you've ever seen, the person upset found themselves in a situation that was harder than they thought it was going to be. And when you play those scenarios through in your head, you're thinking of bad stuff. I get pinned down here. I get put in this position. My eyes closed. My nose broken. There's one minute left. Like You play these different terrible scenarios in your head. But there's nothing you can do inside to create 
an idea and a mental approach if a match turns out to be harder than you thought it was going to be. Patty found himself in just that tonight. Gordon brought it more than Patty knew he was going to. And Patty met him. Patty matched it. Patty had a lot of the things that go into upsets, and he still found a way to win. We got to give him a, a little bit of credit here. We got to give him a little bit of due. Patty is also breaking some rules, and he's getting away with them. One of them, to become a star, you must call people out. You must have an enemy, a rival, a nemesis. You must. You must. If you go back and you look at every everybody that ever made it in this business, you're only going to find a couple of things. A couple of common. If you study them all, you're going to find a couple of commonalities. That is one of them. Patty doesn't have it, and he's getting over anyway, and that's interesting. Patty's great rival and nemesis actually fought tonight. He had an incredible win over Bryce Mitchell, but they're different weight classes. They're not going to get matched up. That's interesting to me. It's interesting to me that he does have a rival. He does have a nemesis. Oh, by the way, he's never going to find him in there. It's very interesting. Made the press conference very interesting. Made Patty's interviews very interesting. But Patty is getting away with one. If he had me in a private room and could get advice, if he had Connor in a private room and he could get advice, at some point we would both tell him that. You need to find an opponent. You need to find a rival. You need to find an emesis. You need to get something going. Whether it happens or not, you could have something going, something you can talk about in the media. It can be this guy and you talk about the, your other guy. You find something that you get attached to that you build from. He's not doing it and he's getting over. Patty's an interesting one. I thought he was a mouthy little clever guy with a weird haircut. He's not. Well, he, yes, he is a mouthy little guy with a weird haircut. He's not only that Patty can fight. Now, how does Patty do against a top 10 lightweight? He does fine. Patty is a competitor. He had to compete tonight. Patty looked very good. He has skills everywhere. Patty's a bitch to take down. He's also got goofy submissions. I mean, he had one tonight that almost worked. He, he was reaching over and he put him like in a rear naked choke, except he was in guard. It's a little bit to the side and he came over the top. I mean, Patty's a bear. If you're going to go take him down, you got a real problem there. But before you can ever get him down, you got a problem there. Not to mention his endurance is good. And your eyes might have told you something different tonight. Please trust me as a competitor. Patty found himself in a match that was harder than he thought it was going to be. And he held up anyway. Said that he hurt his foot. I've got no reason to not believe him. Patty looked really good tonight. He can go with those top lightweights. I can't I can't straight give you a prediction. I'd have to know who it was. And then it'd probably be a little back and forth and I'd be sitting on a fence because that's what we're seeing out of Patty. We don't quite know. I mean, I'll tell you what about Sugar Sean O'Malley. He couldn't get a top guy to fight him. He has one fight. He becomes the number one ranked guy. I mean, it can happen fast, and we don't fully know. We, we get lost in that a lot. Well, this guy's not even ranked, or this guy's ranked number 17. You, you don't know who's who, and you never will. You never will. The only way to know in any sport is to have a competitive architecture in place. You must have a bracket. You must. You must have the field. You advance to a quarterfinals. You advance to the semifinals. You advance to a championship. It's the only way to do it, and we don't do that in this sport. 
So you don't ever actually know. And you got to be real careful with that. He hasn't beaten anybody in the top 10. That's, that's what they said about Islam a month ago. Just so you know. Said he didn't even belong there. 15 and 1. Oh, that's not good enough. Oh, it wasn't over top guys. Oh, he's finishing guys. Oh, he hasn't lost a single round. That's not a good enough. And he goes out and he puts an end. He didn't lose a single round or a single minute. And he finishes who those same people were proclaiming was the best. So you start to see that difference and you start to see where they start to play tricks on you guys. Thoughts on Darren Till versus Duplessis. Well, guys, so this is a rumor. I, I don't have it confirmed, but it's a rumor that I believe. I believe it. This was Darren's last fight of his UFC contract. So, as of this moment, Darren is no longer in the UFC. I take no pleasure in saying that, by the way. But so you understand how that worked. If you're a young guy and you can draw, right? I mean, you're main card worthy. Doesn't matter what your record is. You've got an audience. You've got a base. To the fact that you get onto a main card. If you're that guy, they will re-sign you or they will attempt to re-sign you. Now, when you lost four of your last five without any evidence or any discussion, you know that if they attempted to re-sign you, you would have signed. You would have said, oh, I need more, or I need more opportunities. You would say, yes, thank you. You'd get that sign. You'd get that sent back. On the other side of it, if the guy can go grab a victory, and Darren looked damn good tonight. It looked like he was going to grab one. It looked as though Duplessis had, had punched himself out until started to take charge. It looked as though, right, we've seen this a million times. Then the UFC comes in the back, says, hey, congratulations. Oh, by the way, you're... Contract is out, right? They'd, they'd almost pretend like they didn't know. Oh my God, hey, how'd this one slip? Hey, let's, let's get you a new deal. I mean, just so you know, like that's how it would work and everybody would let everybody play along so that no feelings were hurt. You could imagine the awkward situation that you would be in. Now, that is just a rumor, but I believe it. It's, it's one that I do believe that I think is going to go from rumor to confirmed, and I don't believe that Darren Till is in the Ultimate Fighting Championship anymore. I will talk about that fight because Till looked great. He really did look good. There was an announcement that came after this. I got to tell you, th th this really annoyed me. It really annoyed me. Right? I mean, you get all these experts. You get these experts to the point that you have to go to school and you have to put certain things down on a test or they don't give you the right grade. And as you get older, you realize, well, that's just the answer you want. You Nobody really knows, right? They don't know who killed JFK, and it's on videotape. And they still can't tell you who did it, and the whole thing's on videotape. I mean, I just got to tell you, like, it's this interesting thing. So I, I want to read to you what happened when I tell you that I'm annoyed. Let me go over here to Twitter right now. So an MMA site, I mean, a worthy, a, a good, solid guy. It's called The MMA Media. This is on Twitter. And they got 16,000 followers, and that's a real number. And they send out a tweet that says, Darren Till told the commentary desk that he tore his ACL during the fight. That's two sentences. 
There's two period, two sentences. Sentence number one, Darren Till told the commentary desk. Okay, I watched the whole thing. Darren Till didn't speak to the commentary desk. Now, what's the mistake? He said it to Bruce Buffer. Okay, great, we're splitting hairs at this point. That's not a really big deal, but it's still wrong. And now, moreover, the sentence, this is, they're quoting Till, that he said that he tore his ACL during the fight. First off, he said it to Bruce Buffer. And secondly, he did not say that he did it during the fight. He did not speculate or even guess that he had done it in the fight. He told Bruce Buffer, I tore my ACL. That's a big statement, and that would work, and that would live on Twitter and social media the exact same. Darren Till tells Bruce Buffer, I tore my ACL. And then you create a speculation of when did that happen? Did it happen in the fight? Well, let's take a look there. You know, he got taken down kind of easy. Maybe it happened in the second round. There was a point where Till kicked, and he set his foot down. It was a little weird. Like, this is how it works. It creates a whole dialogue. Dr. Abbasi comes on. He attempts to make a guess at what point Till's leg looked that way. Or Dr. Abbasi comes out and he says, you know what? I first noticed a little, little hitch in his giddy-up as he was walking up the stairs to get into the kitchen. It becomes interesting. It becomes conversation. These guys tweet out, known as media. They literally call themselves out. The MMA media. They put out two sentences. They're both wrong. And this is on tape. What would happen if there was no tape? What would happen if these guys were somewhere and we were left with their reporting to know what happened? We'd all believe it and we say it was confirmed and it came from the MMA media. Two sentences on Darren Till, both of them wrong. All right, guys, that's it for today's program. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show as well as the final pay-per-view of the year. We're going to be right back here on Tuesday with more reaction and more analysis that you can't get anywhere else. Until then, I'm Chael Sonnen, and you are welcome.